0: Hello everybody, I wanted to talk about personal finance in Mana today. Um, This is going to be a long one because I am on a long drive and I'm trying to keep awake. Um, We're doing something really fun. My kid is going on a class trip and I'm chaperoning. I can't wait to do this. Um, He's been excited about this for a good couple months, so it's really fun to be part of this thing and I want to talk about personal finance and I think that this is a super important part of our life, but we do a really terrible job. Most people do a terrible job at doing it. And I'm not saying that we are perfect, my family is perfect, but we do a pretty good job and um, we are, we're set at this moment. So at any point in time, um, I'm 42 years old, I think we would be okay with retiring um, at any point in time now. So I think we've done absolutely okay with our personal finance, our house is paid for, and, um, you know, we're doing okay. And I'm not, this is not a bragging thing, but I want you to sort of understand where this is coming from. And I've taken a a ton of courses, and I've read all sorts of stuff on, um, you know, money, um, finance, strategy, entrepreneurship, innovation, all that kind of stuff. I'm not an expert but I'm better than most, I think, in terms of this. Um, And I want to sort of talk about how you can manage your money so that you can do really good things. My philosophy in general is very close to um, um, a a Dave Ramsey philosophy. I just do not prefer his... um, the values that he sort of promotes that are on that um, and, and I do have a different view in, in terms of the world but a lot of the, the basics and what he suggests are actually pretty sound um, and so if you want to listen to somebody else that has been doing this for a lot longer than I am uh, you can listen to him but um, I, 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 I think that there is a lot of other things that are being overlaid in, in, in his conversation. So, you know, coming back to this why am I actually talking about personal finance? Um, it's, it comes up every once in a while whenever I go on the social and um, I realize that a lot of people are sort of paying attention to really slimy um, kind of people that are telling like, advice that is extremely risky and will get people hurt. Um, It will ultimately get people really hurt when they do this. And um, I don't want you to do that. I have got no benefit from, from this other than making sure that you do that you live a happy and healthy life. That's my ultimate goal. Is that you live a happy and healthy life and that you're well adjusted and you're doing okay. Just like I do not want to create a bunch of millionaires and all that kind of stuff, although it is not hard to do, um, and I know that seems like, oh, that's sort of superfluous or whatever, you know, like it's presumptuous, that's the word of, of him to say, it's really not um, it's it's really just some basic math um, but the hard part is, it's life, it's always life, and, and I want to talk about this, right, like I want to talk about some of these things, um, so what's going on, alright, so how do you live a happy and healthy life right that's basically what personal finance is you want to live a happy and healthy life that that is um, long and that you're well adjusted but then as well maybe you have a life that sort of extends beyond um when you're here right like i mean wouldn't it be amazing to have a little bit of money that you pass on to your kids when you die or pass on to, I don't know if you like cats, uh, you pass it on to, to cats. Um, so, <laughs> you know, the cat foundation, I don't know. So, what you wanna do is is um, balance your life such that you're living a, um, you know a, a happy and healthy life. And that's super hard to do for a lot of people. I'm not saying this is easy. There is a lot that goes in. You can imagine personal finance, um, involves a lot of things, a lot of things about you personally, your traits, um, your emotional structure, I guess, like how you sort. I'm a big believer, I, I, you know, I've read a a fair bit in psychology too, Um, people are people, and we're, we're weird, Um, and then as well, you know, I've read a lot in sociology, we're weird, but we also like to cluster together in groups, and we're weird in groups too, so... Um, we need to sort of combat some of these things over the long run. And when you're doing this, what the, the ultimate goal, this is the basic model in finance anyways, it's not like, woo, um, this The ultimate goal is for you to take money that you have today and or take resources, not money, resources that you have today and spread it out over the future, right? Um, And so what does that mean? It means taking your fun and games that you have today and spreading out some of that fun and games that you have today, your joy that you have today and passing it on to your future self. Problem is, is that's damn hard to do for most people, almost everybody. It's super hard to do. Um, You know, the classic marshmallow experiment might have, some of you might have heard, is that, um, and I actually had a a graduate student that sort of applied this and did his dissertation on um, companies, companies that were able to delay gratification, just like individuals, that's what the, the, um, you know, the experiment was was showing they're more innovative. Um, And, you know, we also found results that they, they led to increased performance. It's not published research, it's a dissertation. Um, That graduate student decided to go pursue other things. So unfortunately, I think it's an amazing idea, an amazing study, um, and I would love to pick it up again, but you know, it's kind of stuck. Okay, so the idea is that you have to have that ability to delay gratification today for benefit tomorrow, right? So with the marshmallow, with kids, you go into a room, the, experiment, the experimenter went into a room, um, stuck a marshmallow in front of kids, left the room, and then they figured how long that they um, didn't eat that marshmallow was a predictor on their long-run success. And that's, that's exactly what they found. Uh, later on, they tracked it over like 20 years or something like that. They found that the longer the kids were able to wait and not eat that marshmallow, the more successful that they were. Um, and, and it, it is the, the strongest evidence that I know of that is convincing um, about this this basic principle. What you're doing is you're taking, oh, and, the, and what they would benefit with the marshmallow, wasn't there wasn't any social sanctions. I think you got an extra marshmallow. You got two marshmallows or something like at the end. Um, so it wasn't like social sanctions, you weren't going to get penalized or anything like that, you just got more benefit if you waited Um, great experiment I love it Um, and it's very convincing Okay, so, you know, that's the basic principle of what we're trying to do what I'm trying to do is get you to realize that you have to give up some of your fun and games today for tomorrow, and the, the idea is that you're not giving up all of your fun and games that silly and nonsense, right? Like, that's, that's going to make you sort of... There's two things that are going to happen with that. And the first one is is you're going to think it sucks so much you're going to stop. Um, and that's, that's a bad idea because it does suck, right? Like, you're going to be like, damn it, this sucks too much. It's like if you go on a really severe diet. Um, when you do a severe diet... And you just go, like, hardcore at it. You do it for about two days, and you're like, I'm done. I'm done. This camera is not sustainable. Um, I think we did. We tried doing the keto thing for, like, two days. Well, man, that was miserable. I was like, no way, man. Not going to happen. Um, so we switched to... We just got rid of that. It's just, like, anything like that. So you want to, like, look at how you can parcel off... Some of the resources at your fingertips. Again, it's not the money that you have; it's your, um, it's your time, it's your social relationships, it's it's um, you know any number of different um, you know ways to control the the resources at your fingertips. Right. So you want to siphon off some of that for benefit in the, in the future. So for me, um, doing a lot of of the. You know, Reciprocity Project is thinking like that, right? Like, I am dedicating my time towards something that is bigger than me um, so that I can create something that will be um, bigger and awesome. Um, you know, awesome, bigger and awesomer in um, 10 years from now. It's not really like I'm doing this today for today. It's like maybe in 10 years this might turn into something that's really cool. So I'm dedicating... A portion of whatever I'm, I'm, you know, whatever money's coming in, we're continuously allocating towards this, this platform, but also I'm dedicating all this time and effort, because I don't know, that's the thing, I don't know what the possibilities lay in the future, right? Like, that's the key thing with this, is you're thinking about two goals in your life that really matters. Right, the first one is maximizing your short run performance. That's what everybody pays attention to. Um, and frankly, if you do that for too long, you're, um, you're, you're going to die an early life and you're not going to be all that fun. Um, or you are maximizing your survival, right? That you are trying to live a long and um, healthy life right? So that's why I'm saying you got to live a long and healthy and happy life, right? Like if you have those things all together, um, it's okay, right? Like you're doing okay. So you have to have some fun today. Um, but then also parcel for the future. So what you're doing is you're taking a portion of whatever you're saving or whatever that you're, that you're coming in, the total amount of coming in. So let's say you've got, uh um, What a ten thousand dollars coming in for your whole year, which is you know on the low end for somebody that's trying to live um, for their whole life, right? Like that's that's not a lot of money. That's but for a graduate student or for a you know for a undergraduate student, ten thousand bucks is pretty good. So you you actually just take a thousand bucks from that 10,000 bucks, so so me, the ratio I look at is about 15%, um, that's where it overlaps with uh, Dave Ramsey a lot, and take that 15,000 bucks, or 1,500 bucks, and save it away for the future, and that is long-term savings with that, not medium-term, it's long-term savings, it's saving for something that's really big. So, for us, um, you know, long term is like 20 years from now. So, for us, that's saving for um, our retirement. And, you know, just being able to do things. Just to live our life as if we didn't even retire. That is the ultimate goal. Is to get to that point where you could just live your life where you're just like, whatever. Um, it doesn't matter. So, we're almost there, by the way. We're very close. Um, I think we could do that. But, you know, we're just being more conservative with that right now. So I'm 42 years old and, and that is that is a possibility if we wanted to. I've walk away power at this moment. That's that's what that means. It means like if, uh, you know, I don't like what I'm doing right now um, and, and there's lots of days where I'm like, Psh, this sucks. Um, but, you know, if I really don't like it, we could just up and decide and just say, screw it, we're done um, and walk away. Okay. and and never do it again, right? Like, that gives you a lot of power, bargaining power in this situation. It's helped us out a lot. Um, It helped it out sort of framing a lot of decisions in the last few years where I'm like, screw this. And um, allowing us to, like, lean into things a little bit more when we're getting pushed around by other, um, you know, other forces, other things that are going on. So, you know, that's... The, uh, the important thing is that you're taking money away today some fun today for tomorrow um, and then when you're doing that you're looking at um, how can you appropriately, so that portion that you take away from today for tomorrow um, is you're looking at how you can invest that properly, so investing is is, is pretty easy in the sense you got to I want to, like, dumb it down the sense I I don't like any of that sort of sleazy, slimy, stock market crap that people talk about. That's crap, right? Absolute crap. Um, and, and anybody that actually studies, you know, finance will tell you for the most part that stuff is just crap. Um, technical analysis and all that kind of stuff is just crap. Um, what you're trying to do is look at how you can balance your... Um, your portfolio or allocate to resource allocation, right? Like thinking about how can you divvy up? So you've got this money, you got this pool of money, you got this thousand bucks, right? Coming back to this example, you take that um, thousand bucks, 1500 bucks. So let's say 1500, you live off of 8,500 bucks and then you take $1,500, $8,500, not a lot of money. um, It's gonna be super bloody hard to do. In fact, for most people, it's not possible. Um, but we'll come back to that in in a minute. So you take that $1,500, right? Um, And then you divvy it out into appropriate investments. So I like to do, a lot of businesses have already built-in retirement plans. Um, I like to utilize those because they generally have tax breaks associated with them. So there's a trade-off that happens. Um, Generally, the retirement plans that they have, I really like investing in mutual funds. Um, They generally are not, in my experience that I've seen, are not the best mutual funds that you can get, but that's okay. You want to utilize all of the tax breaks you can get, right? So, um, there's the, the Roth IRA and um, the regular IRA in the United States. There's RRSPs in Canada. Uh, you know, you're just, you want to maximize those um, savings because they have tax breaks that are associated with them. That's an important thing. Those tax breaks are a really important thing. Um, it does save you a lot of money over the long run. Um, so utilizing those, but then what you're looking for with a, and people get kind of confused and like, I don't know what to do. You want to look for things that are basically matching what the market is already doing and maybe doing it might look like they do slightly better it's super hard to figure this stuff out there's a lot of numbers that associated with it that are very confusing so that's why i just simply say just do things that match the market um because you have a risk of screwing things up when you do that so that is my personal preference however Um, And this is, I do differ on Dave Ramsey on this, and I think um, other people do, um, that sort of study this stuff, and and I think just getting the market is your best bet. But you can, you can, you can wait a little bit, like wait in the sense of like giving more value to more, slightly more risky assets by looking for growth, um, some sort of growth mutual funds that are available. Right? And they just have a higher, slightly higher um, growth. And all mutual funds are is divvying out. So um, there's all these different companies operating around the world. right? And every once in a while, one of those companies does really well. And they're able to go on to the public stock market. Um, and they trade on the public stock market. So that means everybody around the world can invest in this company um, because they're publicly traded. And what you do with a mutual fund is you're taking advantage of investing in many little tiny um, or many com- uh, companies all over the place, right? I I own, we own a bunch of mutual funds, own a bunch of companies that are um, affiliated, like that, that we basically own a bunch of companies, right? Like a bunch of little fractions of different companies. Um, that's what a mutual fund is, right? Like we, I own Walmart, and General Electric, all these, you know, IBM, all, you know, Google, I don't know what I actually own because I don't care because the mutual fund does that for me. Um, And an index fund does the same thing. That's why I talk about doing index funds or, you know, um, you know, matching the market because that just, all that does is it buys in a little fraction of all these little different companies that are already on the market. Index fund is just a lot more broader. So you have um, less risk than what you would with a mutual fund. mutual fund is more narrower. They pick and choose um, different companies to be part of those mutual funds and index fund just as any company that's on a public stock market. That's the difference. Um, So they are a way, the reason why you, you, you group them together like that is I haven't got a freaking clue my, I, I'm smart. I'm, I'm pretty, like, I'm pretty intelligent. And I also have a lot of education. And um, I'm around people that are really smart as well and give me insights and tips and stuff. Um, I would never pick a single company because I haven't got a freaking clue what's going to happen over the next few years. Um, and that's basically there's this concept called bounded rationality. That's really important. It basically just means that we cannot um, get information about the future. Um, we are forgetful. We're, you know, we're just human in many different ways. And so this plays a real big role with any of this kind of sort of finance stuff is because we got to assume that we're human. If you are picking a stock um, and picking one individual company, a single stock, a single company and investing in that. That's assuming that you're more than human because there are a lot of people with really sophisticated machines and really sophisticated, um, you know, abilities that are on trading on the market and they're doing far better things than you. So if you think as a little, um, you know, little basically peon, right? Like we're all a bunch of little peons that we are going to be... Um, more, we're going to somehow beat the market in some sort of way. You're nuts. You're absolutely nuts. You've got a lot of hubris. Um, you're very, very full of yourself. You think that you can pick the company that's going to win in the future. Um, I don't. I, I have I have studied this stuff. I'm smart. I'm around smart people. I would never do that in my... Um, never. The only company that I'm investing in, um, and it's been an absolute... It's been a loss um, at this moment is the Reciprocity Project. That's it. It's a... It's a... um, It's a DBA. It's a Doing Business Ads. And so it's a sole proprietorship. Um, And... It's... It's been a loss. We've put in a lot of money into this thing. i put in a lot of resources in it. It's a loss. But... That's okay. Right? Like it's a chance I'm willing to take. Because it's a way of dimming out... um, Some of these resources... In a way that I think is actually not only may be profitable in the long run, but maybe not, right? Like I'm kind of really done with these kind of things, but Hey, it's helping out people, right? And it shows people what I'm doing and all that kind of stuff, right? Like there's, there's a lot of other benefits to it. Okay. So coming back to that, um, you know, taking some of your money so that, that 15% that's, I like 15% is just a good number. Um, and you know that's what Dave Ramsey recommends so it's close to what everybody else does so between 10 and 20% um, we do 15 we probably do a little more but that's okay because um, we can at this moment we're, we're less um, constrained in how we live so you take that and you invest it for the long term, the long term being 10 years or more um, and when excuse me, when you do that what you're doing is you're smoothing so eventually that 10 years catches up and it does right like eventually you get to the point where hey wait a minute I actually have some money there and I'm happy that I actually did this we're getting to the point where we um where that it's actually happened so we started really um um, investing um you know when I started working so I was 31 years old um, and we started doing this right off the get-go, and thankfully it was really good. Right, we did okay. Okay, so what you need to realize is all you're doing is you're smoothing. Your um, you don't want to have too much fun today, and you want to allocate it for the future. Right, so you're taking that 15 percent, doing that sort of investment thing. It's pretty easy stuff. Um, but here's the tricky thing. When you do that, you're not going to want to do it. It sucks because the rest of the world does not do this. They do not do this. They do not um, invest for the future. They, they overextend themselves um, and they get themselves into a lot of pickles, right? And how do they do this, right? What is going on with the rest of the world? The rest of the world has access to more resources than they actually have currently. And often that, is, that can be a good thing. Some edu- like investments in education, for example. Some investments in some um, capital, for example, business capital. Sometimes it's a good thing if it's a sure bet, right? If it's a good bet. So what am I talking about? These are called loans, right? Student loans, um, credit card loans, all these kind of things. I, My wife and I have one credit card and... We use it just a fraction Um, we we barely use it um, and we only use it as like when we you know go across the border and it just might be easier than using our debit card that's it that's the only reason we really use it or when our debit card is is on the fritz for some reason something weird happened to it Um, so why is that what's going on there Um, so Generally, if you look at the infrastructure, Dave Ramsey is absolutely right with this. Like, I, I think he's absolutely right. This is the reason why I actually think he's, um, you know, some of his advice is financially pretty good. Um, so this is where you, you look at the infrastructure that we have, right? Like, the finance infrastructure in this world is massive. Um, it is marketing to a lot of people to pull out more money than they can actually afford, right? And it's a mark. It's a real marketing effort. If you look at it, if you look at, you know, Mastercard, you look at um, any sort of any of the banks. They're all trying to get you to take money out. Um, so and the reason why they do that is not to help you out. It never. It often is not. It's a bad investment. Often, the reason why they do that is they are. Um, encouraging you to take that money out so they can give you more or, or they can get interest off of you. They're making money off of you. So they're marketing to you just as if they're like Coca-Cola where um, you know you see a beautiful Coke that's sitting on the counter or you see Coke pitchers um, you want to drink that Coke right? You, you do right? It looks really nice. Um, it's the same thing that's what they're doing with um, you know, finances or that's what they're doing with loans. And so most people have they're driving around in cars that they don't own, they can't afford generally. Uh, they own houses that they can't afford. They're far too big. Um, you know, they, they are really stretched out. So most people around you are living in this sort of fantasy world that when they basically retire, uh, they will either have zero money, which is at best, they'll have zero money, or they'll have negative money, and it's just at a loss. But the banks don't care about the fact that they have negative money at the end because they've gotten so much revenue from you over the years from all of these, um, all of the interest that they've they've accumulated from you, right? They they generally benefit way more um, by taking this interest up front from you than the loss that they're going to experience when, when you die in the future. The money is not worth it. They've done all these calculations, by the way. They're not dumb. These are really incredibly smart people. Um, you know, I teach some of these people. Some of them are really bright. A lot of them aren't. Um, some of them are really bright. But, um, they're looking at you and they're thinking, wait a minute, you are a source of revenue for us. Let's figure out a way that we can get you to give us um, um, Long, um, ongoing revenue every single every single month so you're paying those interest payments and that's that's what they're doing and they, if they can get that over the course of your lifetime right, whatever it's 70 years or 80 years, they've gotten a ton of money and when you die you owe, I don't know, 50,000 bucks to the bank they don't care about that 50,000 dollars they've already gotten a million dollars from you right, like they really don't care so it's a, it's, it's, it's a far better uh, deal for them to do that. So what can you do? Um, this is where you have to take some of that fun and games that you would have had this year or every year, right? That's, that's what I'm talking about, the fun and games of so you having a good time. Um, you take some of that fun and then you allocate it to the future, um, and then you also have to realize, okay, so we've got, remember back to this fictional um, you know, example of, that you, you have $10,000, you've allocated 1500 so you only have $8,500 left. Um, well, what you do with that $8,500 is you have to make it work for you in as many ways as you possibly can. So this is where you um, you basically have this is the whole budget thing. My wife and I kind of do a, a budgety kind of thing at this moment, but not really um, because we've done it for so long. And and you know we frankly are less budgety at this point. But you know it's really thinking about how you can live below live below. Like live within that means. So $8,500 probably means that you're gonna have to live in a place that's gonna cost you about 300 to 500 bucks um, you know, per per month. So 500 bucks, five times 12. So you're looking at $6,000, right? Um, just for living, it's probably too much. So you're gonna have to look at a $300 place, right? So three times 12, $3,600. So that is possible um, to live because then you've got the remaining money that's left over, which is uh, you know about $4,000 that you got left over to live off of. And by the way, with that low amount of money, uh, you're not gonna have to pay taxes. We do not pay taxes in America in most countries until you're making more than like 50,000 bucks. That's like most modern um, developed countries that's, that's about the going kind of rate. Um, and you actually get money back if, um, if you earn below that for most people, right? I got money back many years when I was um, a graduate student because we were putting in far too much money into education. Um, so what you have to realize now, you've gotta live off of this, this $300 budget for housing. What does that look like? What does a three hundred dollar budget for housing look like? For the most part, it's gonna be something really, really meager. You might be able to find a regular um, place for that, like a room room to rent, but you might have to live in a tent. But here's the thing, this is this is what people don't understand, is that it is perfectly fine to live in a tent. And I know you're gonna live that take that at a um, you know, take that out of context and all that kind of stuff. That's not what I'm saying that, you know, being homeless and all that kind of stuff is is, is uh, you know, like I'm, I'm happy with that, that there's homeless people that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you live within your means right? And if it means that you are um, working your way up and you're, you're working hard at it and you're living in a tent, that is that's good. That is okay. Um that means that's what you can do at this moment. It doesn't mean that this is like somehow, um, you know, we just have to really remove what it means to live in modern times, to think about what we used to do. My, um, my grandpa lived in a, in a bush camp um, when he was sort of clearing wood back in the day. This is what they used to do back in the, and they would live in tents. And it was fine. It was canvas tent, right? Like, totally fine. Nobody, everybody kind of got along. We have to sort of come back and think about this, right? Like, really think about what it means. Um, So if you have to rent a room, right? That's fine, too. If you're just living in a rented room, that's fine. Um, That is completely fine and acceptable. Uh, We have to sort of really redefine. That's where you got to think about well, what, what the hell is in my mind right now? What is all of this in terms of the world around us? Um, why do I think like this, right? It's because people told me that this is the proper way to do. Well, that's just stupid social norms, which is often wrong because people are doing really stupid things. Most people, many people do stupid things. So, um, now, I'm going to tell you this. My wife is not going to live in a tent Um, that was like something that, that I would never happen in my life. It'd be fine for me. I'd probably be okay, but my wife would not be. So we have to figure out a way to sort of navigate this. Okay. So what do you have to do to navigate this? Right. So you've got, um, some money, you have only got $10,000, not a lot of income. So that means we have to look for different sources of revenue or looking to ways to to leverage what you already have, right? You want to take that $10,000 to $20,000. Well, this is where you lean on what you already know and what you already do, right? You do your... You've got... Everybody's got skill, skills and assets, right? You might be cutting grass... Well, then you lean on. How can I um, cut grass a little better? Or how can I cut more lawns? Or um, can I raise my rates for cutting grass? Right? Like a lot of people don't raise rates. Well, hell no! You could raise rates. That's totally fine. Um, people do that all the time. You get like adjusted. You know, it's okay. You'll you'll survive. You raise raise rates. You keep raising those rates until you start losing some customers that you don't like in the first place, right? You start losing the customers that are um, nickel and diming you all the time. That's totally fine, right? So you you keep ratcheting those things up, but then at the same time, um, looking for ways that you can um, you know, looking for other opportunities. This is partly why the, why I'm doing the reciprocity project is because I'm looking for other opportunities in the future. I don't know if I forever want to be a researcher and do the academic game. I don't know. When I'm, um, you know, I do get real frustrated with it. It's, it's super frustrating. Maybe in the future, I might want to do something like this, right? Like the whole reciprocity thing. So I'm Putting it out there, seeing what happens. So by the time it actually gets there, um, then I've actually have something, right? Like that's the important thing. Um, But you have to realize. So you've got to also trade off the long run, short run game when you're trying to get money, right? And that's where people get like real sleazy with this stuff, and they and they get snookered into doing stupid things. Um, You have to look at. By the way, I don't know if snookered is a bad word or not. I don't know if that's, like... I don't think so. But if it is, I apologize for that slang. Um, I don't think so, because it's, like, a card game. I don't know. So, what you need to do is lean on what you already do really well, right? To be not sleazy. You, You... You might be working right now. Um, you might be already, um doing something and you lean on that even more right like you actually press into it so that you can get more out of it right that's really the best thing that you can possibly do so it might be working harder at the thing that you're already doing um, being a better employee all those kind of things temporarily right like that's all you're trying to do to really push at this thing to get more um, revenue out of it and and it does work right like that is your immediate best um outcome or that's your best possibility is just to really lean into it so that you can do um you can get more revenue now for a long-term benefit all those sort of sleazy get rich quick schemes and all that kind of stuff doesn't work they don't work um they're they're selling you some stupid course right like they're just dumb um so, what you need to do is think about how you can um, take that money that you... Or, or sorry, take some, some extra money or resources that, that you have. Some resources that are at your fingertips. And look for ways to expand the opportunities that you have right now. So, what does that actually look like? Um, so, for me, you know, instead of driving and listening to podcasts... Right now, um, I'm talking to you. I'm doing my thing, right? Like, I'm, this is my my thing. I'm I'm having the conversation with you, right? So this is the way I'm growing opportunities, and I just throw it out there and see what happens. Um, and then you kind of constantly are doing that. Maybe it's volunteering someplace, right? Like you want to you want to get into the music industry. Well, then you volunteer your time with um, the music industry and, and sort of work your way up with that. Um, what you're constantly always trying to do and this is how you do it its is you're you're trying to upgrade the skills that you have um and there's two ways you can upgrade the skills that you have so right now you have a fixed number of skills right like we're we're really fixed um and you can only do so much you can only get so much money out of you know your your income right now right you can only work so much and then you're just tired um and I wouldn't recommend like to overwork too much um, at any time, right? Like that's dumb. But what you can do is upgrade your skills. Two ways you could do that, right? Is to work on expanding the opportunities that that you may get access to. This is the the reason why I'm I'm I'm, I'm pretty big on I'm I'm big on on doing this sort of social media things. You don't know. Um it does not pay off in the short term, right? Those opportunities, unless you're very fortunate, does not pay off by doing that, right? Um, because you're really just building friendships. That's it. Think of how long it takes to build a friendship. Um, you know, social media and all that kind of stuff, or you know, volunteering someplace and to to build friendships. It takes you 10 years by the time you actually trust somebody, right? That you're like, ah, you're not sleazy. It takes me two years. It takes me a year to figure out, is this person, like, sleazy? Then it takes me about 10 years by the time I'm like, okay, I I trust you. I get you. I get you, and I I would be able to trust my kids with you. That's kind of a good test, right? Like, if you're um, comfortable with leaving your kids with somebody, then, um, you know, that's a good test of how much you actually trust this particular situation or this particular individual. And that's what, if you're doing social media and all this kind of stuff, it takes a long time, right? You're building relationships. You're building friendships. You're not going to change. or You're not going to get all these opportunities overnight. That's stupid. Um, and that, that is something that I've had to learn, um, you know, over time. And I'm like, well, crap. Yeah, no, no shit. I'm, I'm building, you know, friendships and things like that, right? Like, by doing this. Um, so, so that's that aspect of it. But then the other aspect is to lean on upgrading your skill set that you already have. And that's the easiest thing. This is super easy. That's where education comes in, right? Um, of picking an education that has value in the marketplace. And I'm not saying like, um, you know, some narrow defined thing. And I'm also not saying some broad things. Sometimes uh, some people, people go wacko with education they're either really broad and they talk about you know liberal arts education and how wonderful it is honestly you can't get a freaking degree with a liberal arts day de- uh, you can't get a freaking job with liberal arts educa- education yeah it may be that they're the ceos right now and that's just because that's the way that the market is right now right like ceos at large companies um, and they had opportunities given to them it's like no shit Like, they came from rich families. If you're doing liberal arts degrees, for the most part, at some fancy Rudy Tutu college, um, you're probably rich in the first place. It's like, no guff. You're going to be the CEO in the future of some company. Um, So that's not rocket science there. Um, And then on the other side, people go too narrow and they do really dumb things like, um, you know, taking a course on... I don't know, learning how to drive a taxi cab or something like that that's so narrow that um, they're stuck in that particular area, right? And so you want to balance it and look for things that actually are very valuable in the marketplace and um, that give you a number of different skills, right? So if you need money very quickly, then you do this sort of short run thing and look for something that is going to pan out very quickly. So it might be like, Learning how to weld, right? Welding can give you a pretty good, damn good career. Becoming an electrician, that's going to give you a pretty damn good career. Um, Unfortunately, there is not a lot of, um, you know, typically female-oriented careers that are like that in the trades. But hell, if you're a female, go get those jobs. Like, go get those, go do those degrees. Those are actually good, damn good careers. Um, you have to put up with a little bit of stupidness, but you're stronger than that. You can raise the rise the challenge. Um, okay, so there's that aspect of it, but then if you want to, you know, have More if you want to have like a good career in a different area where you're using your skill set slightly differently um, And and you know you want sort of even more long-run potential then you might do something like getting, a, you know, an engineering degree or a nursing degree, a college, you know, a university level, um, four-year, five-year degree, where it is everybody recognizes a, a business degree at a good institution, um, not some sleazy institution. <laughs> That's going to get you a job someplace. Some right, an undergraduate degree at a good, solid institution. Normally, their state run institutions or you know country run institutions that you know about that's going to get you a job and that will get you a job that you can have long-run potential from that um so that's where you might think about those kind of things now the reason why there's a trade-off in you know how quickly you're going to get money by doing those things is on the one side um with the college, the shorter term, like, um, community college degrees, you can do those at night and you can do those at kind of different times and there's less courses involved. So becoming an electrician, there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of, um, am blanking on it. Uh, like hours just, I forget that the term of it, but the hours that you just need to put in of actually doing the job that that's good, right? Like becoming an electrician or a plumber, um, or an HVAC person, that's a good career. And you don't have to take as many courses. I think you take a year or two years of courses um, to learn about the basics of some of that stuff, right? And that's, that's a good thing. And then you work at the same time, right? Um, and then on the other side, for the college, the university degrees, that's where you get the four to five year degree. But because some of most of the courses... Um, require you to go during this, the day it's hard to find a job of some sort right Like it's intermittent um, some of the courses towards the end you're not going to get it Like at night classes and things like that so you have to really dedicate your time. The other thing is that the effort involved are different um, to do a third and fourth year university course in, in an engineering degree or a business degree Requires well, business degree not so much. Um, they're they're easier. I'm going to tell you that right off the get go. Culturally, they're a little easier. I don't know why. I think it's a mistake, but that's just what happens. Um, maybe at Wharton that's different, but um, and, and you know at my institution it's different. Um, it's easier. But if you were in an engineering a third and fourth year engineering course, it's a damn well lot of work, and you got to work really hard um, just to keep above water. So you can't allocate your time to working and things. So, you know, coming back to this, right, um, and that requires an upfront investment to do these things, right? Like, that's why sometimes loans are okay. I'm okay with, the, um, you know, the student loan for, for an engineering degree or a nursing degree. But people get student loans that are stupid in the sense of, they're either way too much money that they're, you're getting or um, so you end up buying a car and all this dumb, dumb crap um, that you don't need or that um, you're getting a degree, you're getting a student loan for a degree that is like completely useless because you didn't think about this. And it requires you to think about, you know, a simple question to ask yourself if you're getting one of these degrees. Two questions to ask yourself. It is, how much money are they going to be making, and you need to get that information if you're going to do this, how much money are they going to be making within a year of getting out? That's the first thing, right? If you're making 20 grand and it costs you 20 grand to get this stupid, um, this course, that was a dumb course to get. Like, that was, that was a bad financial choice, um, unfortunately uh, and that's 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 it right like if you're thinking financially it was a bad financial choice to do that but if it costs you um, you know 50 grand to get this course or a hundred grand to, to get this course and then you end up making you know eighty ninety thousand dollars by the time you get out that's not a bad investment because that is year in and year out eighty ninety thousand dollars adds up pretty quick Um, So it's actually not bad. That's why like engineering, nursing, and those kind of things are actually pretty good. Right? They they have a return. And the other question that you need to ask yourself is how many people that started that degree right from the very first day actually graduated and got a job? That is a really important question. Because there are courses that you can get where there's some people at the top of the program will make really good money, right, um, let's say you're a pilot, for example, and you get a, a, a you take, you learn how to become an airplane pilot, some pilots do very well, but most pilots actually don't do really well, or they take the course, and then they end up, It's they find it's hard to get a job, so then you have to sort of weigh what is your chance of actually getting this good job by the time that you are done your degree. And if it's, you know, it's basically less than 50%, that's not a great investment. If it's if it's 80 to 90% of the people that start this particular course um, and then they get an education, they, they're able to finish, and then on top of it, they're able to get a job right? 89% or 80 to 90% of the people that start the course and they get a job that pays a decent amount. That is a good financial decision to do now it's up to you to sort of pick which one you want to do um, you know in terms of the different courses but there are opportunities that are out there they generally revolve around some orientation around to some degree like um, either some established industry like healthcare right or they revolve around um, you know business or um, technology. That, those are the big things right now. And that's just culturally what we value. That's really what it means at the end of the day. That's what we're valuing right now. That's why they, um, they're worth more money. Um, that's why you get a higher salary, right? Like, the arts, unfortunately, um, are not valued as much in our economy, right? Like, that's just the truth of it. So it's hard to get a job in the arts. Now, the arts is a perfect example of the, you can make a crap ton of money if you're good, um, or uh, most people are not, right? This is thinking about what's called your distribution of the outcomes of the salary that you're getting. Sorry, my phone keeps bouncing around because it's a little bumpy here. So it's thinking about the distribution of the outcomes, not thinking about the average, which is what everybody thinks about, but it's thinking about what are at the tails, where do most people, what's called at the tails, um, where do most people lie? And most people, if they get an art degree, do not get a job at the end of it that is within that chosen field, right? They are not going to become an artist at that point. Or if they do, they're making such low money From becoming an artist that's hard to survive And they get something else That's just the truth of it However There are artists that go to a good institution That get out And they're on Broadway Or, um, you know, they're the star of some Broadway show That makes it really big And they become rich and famous That is more likely in the arts Than you're gonna see that in If you did, like, an engineering degree Um it's just the structure of what's going on. However, that's slightly changing with, um, you know, with some of the sort of the startup kind of stuff that's happening in Silicon Valley. But it's the same dynamics at play in both of those industries, in both of that sort of setup. On average, startups are crap. Um, you're not going to make that much money. You're going to get burnt. Um, on average, uh, going into the arts is, is not a good, career choice. You're not going to make that much money and you're likely going to get burned. However, a small fraction are going to explode and they're going to make a lot of money and become rich and famous. In both of those, it's the same outcomes. It's just, This is just basic statistics. Um, and I wish people would understand this, but it's hard to teach people this. And some people are going to take this out of context and say, how dare you say that about an arts degree? Um, Honestly, it's the truth. You look at it. Look at the distribution. Most people that get an arts degree have a hard time getting a job at the end of it. Okay, um, so we're back. I apologize for that. had an interruption. might get another one. I'm, again, I'm on a, a car trip right now doing a long car trip and, um, you know, parenting calls. <laughs> um, all right, so... What I want to get back to is you can see that this is kind of a long story in terms of how to, you know, do personal finance. You could see all of this feeds into things about yourself or feelings about that you have about yourself or how you sort of perceive yourself. So it really becomes very psychological um, in terms of who you are and what you are about. And it Really involves you completely disregarding what everybody else is doing around you. It really is about thinking of how you can stand on your own and be okay. It means that you have to make a lot of these decisions on your by your own by yourself, and um, know that you are a decent person when you do these particular decisions right? A lot of this is pretty straightforward. But at the same time, it's not because the world is pushing back on you. And the world is telling you that you should act a certain way. You should live in this big, beautiful house and have beautiful cars and all that kind of stuff. When in fact, you're not ready for it. You're just not ready to have that kind of stuff. You haven't got to that point how you know you're ready for it it becomes um it, it's an easy super easy step that you don't even feel it and when you don't even feel it where you don't have an emotional response right The really not a big emotional response where it's like meh um it's like buying you know a pack of gum to do any of this kind of stuff when it feels like that where you're just like whatever um that's when you know you're probably really ready to do some of the things of you know that, that are more luxury items right that you can do right like go on a nice vacation um or you know some some expensive vacation or buy a nice car or whatever right like in um in, in hopefully in the next month or two um I ordered it and, and it's it should be coming in but we're buying a Tesla and um we live by this philosophy of, you know, allocating resources for the future. That's sort of fifteen percent, and we've been doing that over and above to save for these luxury goods. Um, what we've been doing is is allocating some more money. I know that requires a larger income, right? But um, it's not going to make a lick a difference for us at all financially if I buy this this Tesla. Um, Like not a lick, right? Like it's not going to matter. It's a drop in the hat. Um, And that's where you should be sort of thinking about with some of these things, whether you can afford it or not. Um, It should be such an easy thing to buy and it's just pure excitement to buy this thing. And I'm not bragging in any sort of way. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is thinking about how you set yourself up that you have confidence that you can push back on the world and disregard the whole world, um, in terms of what they're doing and say, Hey, I'm fine. I can live like this below my means and being living below my means. Um, it means not having fun in games today. It means like this, this kind of sucks. And, um, you know, in the sense that it sucks that the rest of the world is saying you should buy something big and fancy. It doesn't suck in the sense that uh, you can have a good life. Uh, I washed... Or we, I cleaned a lot of toilets in my life. Um, I worked as a janitor when I was like 13, 14 years old at my church. Um, cleaned a lot of toilets, cut a lot of grass. And I still do those things today. I don't mind. In fact, that was my fun time. And I know that seems really stupid. You don't understand it, but it really was my fun time. Where on a Saturday when, when the kids were small until... Until I think, um, you know, our, my oldest one was eight years old, we did not have um, a cleaner in our house. We didn't have a helper. Um, and the reason was we're saving money. We're trying to pay off our house, right? And that was an added expense. We didn't have, um, you know, we, we didn't have cable um, I, we drove old cars I still, my car right now is a 2011 Mazda CX-7 and we're gonna upgrade that sucker to a Tesla which I'm happy to do um, but I still was like it drives nice, it's okay, it's fine um, but my wife it's like you need, to, you, need to, you need to splurge on something on yourself I was like okay, yeah, no I, I, I get it um, you do need to, to do some fun things every once in a while That's the thing If you've been doing this for so long You don't give a lick About all of that kind of stuff You don't care I mean to buy a Ferrari or whatever Like who the hell cares It doesn't matter I might own one in the future I might own a Lamborghini or a Ferrari But at that point again It's going to be at a moment in my life Where it means a lick of difference In terms of financial um, You know what happens So um my I uh, my one of my, my older sisters um she owns a great big boat. It's a great big boat. Um they bought it second hand. Um it's one of the biggest boats in the city that she lives in. It's not a big city, but you know, it's 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 a great big boat. Huge. Um we call it the yacht, and it basically is a yacht. But you know, Ultimately, because they kind of live by the same philosophy that, that we live, if you saw them, you'd be like, yeah, whatever, but um, they're doing okay, right? Like, they live a, a happy and healthy life, a well-adjusted, happy and healthy life. And they still can buy this boat, and it means a lick of difference to them. Um, and that's where you should get to, is get to that moment where it means a lick of difference. You can notice that there's, like, compounding effects that are going on. There's what's called endogeneity. All the stuff it's kind of working together. Um, in that, A, everybody starts off at making $10,000 a year. Everybody does. Um, and it's figuring out how can you lean into what you already know and what you already do to upgrade, to do better. Right? So, unless you're some rich kid whatever that, that you know that their parents own something or whatever wasn't my circumstance not a lot of people's circumstance but some people have that opportunity I get it that's awesome right unless you're that that kid most of us start off at making ten thousand dollars a year. I cut so my jobs when I started I worked at a gas station I was a janitor um, I, I worked at multiple gas stations. save up for university. Um, You know, I was doing the janitor thing. Then when I was in university in college, you know, college university for five years, I did a, at the University of Waterloo, they have a, it's it's a co-op program where you work for four months and then you go to school for four months. Great program. Highly recommend it. Um, Hard to get into though. So... That, that I was able to do my entire university education, my undergrad, with, with no debt. No school loans, anything like that. So, it was really... And I was thinking about all of these things I'm thinking about. Right? of What does it actually take to get there where you are not sort of stuck, right? Um, then, the only time that it really did suck is when I was doing my PhD. And that was... Um, you know, I graduated at a time when the market was down and it was hard to get a job. And, um, you know, there's a lot of moving factors that are going on. That's a different marketplace. Um, it's not like the normal marketplace. But, you know, what I want people to realize is that all of this is in everybody's fingertips. Oh, by the way, my PhD, I did it in business. And it is, it was a basically a financial mistake right? So I'm not going to recoup that PhD until I'm 55 years old. I did that financial calculation several times. Um, and I'm not going to recoup. I'm not going to break even compared to my just staying with my undergrad engineering degree. So it was a financial mistake. Um, and I probably shouldn't have done that. And, and that was, um, part of it is, is I was thinking about other things that were going on in terms of where I wanted to live and what I was going to do. I would have been better off. Um, and I think about that a lot. Right? That is That really plays on me. So, you know, but, but some things in life are not necessarily financial decisions, but shouldn't been I, I shouldn't have done it um, ultimately. So, but I did learn a lot and all that kind of stuff. And hopefully I'm trying to recoup some of that by giving back at this point. As part of the motivation behind the Reciprocity Project, again, you know, another... there's All these things have a lot of motivations, right? Like, why I do things. But part of it is, it's like, well, shit, I got all this education. I should be sharing it, right? Like, it was a a bit of a a financial, um, you know, bad decision. How can I share it so that other people understand some of these kind of things and they can benefit from it? So that's why I'm doing the Reciprocity Project. Um... So you could see all of this kind of plays in, right? So the way that you increase 10000 to $20,000 is you lean into it. So you cut more grass, you um, raise your, your salary, you look for better jobs. You're always on the lookout for things. Um, you know, applying to different jobs, really, really trying to push at that. And it doesn't happen overnight. It's not a thing that happens you know, you're not going to find a job over the next couple of years, right? But you got to really lean on it to find something that eventually it clicks, and you're like, "This is pretty cool." Um, and then on the other side, right, it's cutting back all the time, where you are living below your means. I still drive a junky car, which is, if you go into the parking lot of where I work, um, given how much I make and everybody else, that's weird. Uh, that is really weird. I don't see too many people driving around in junky cars... With the salary that I actually have. And I'm not bragging. But that's just the truth of it. Um, and the reason is... is uh, I'm thinking about how to sort of grow this, right? Like, I don't want to be just living off of... Uh, where I am at this moment... And thinking about ways to, to do better... And we could just walk away. Right? If I get screwed work, or if, um, you know, I just get pissed off enough, just walk away. I don't have to work. And we're at a moment where we could do that. And and I, I hope everybody can do that. Right? And I'm not saying everybody go become, you know, business professors or whatever. What I'm saying is that is a possibility in all your careers, whatever you do. If you work at McDonald's, shit, you have so much opportunity to move up in McDonald's, it is a large corporation, massive, large corporation. You don't think that they don't want somebody to move up in the ranks to do, um, to run several of their stores or to work in the headquarters. Heck yeah, they're looking for somebody that understands where these people come from that are working on the fry line and all that kind of stuff. They're really looking for that kind of stuff. So you lean into it. If you're working at McDonald's, you be the best damn well McDonald's employee that they ever had. And then you work your way up because you can get thrown opportunities as you do that. Um, The other thing is to realize that it doesn't matter where if you're working at McDonald's, you're in construction, whatever, all of this stuff is at your fingertips. And it means just living, leaning into it, being a good, solid citizen. That's really what I'm talking about. Good, solid citizen. Um, and trying to make good choices all the time. Really thinking about, is this the right thing for me? If you are, and this is where, um... You know, I I, I really do think, like, some things are really not great for people. Like, drinking, for example, heavy drinking. It's okay to occasionally drink and have fun and all that kind of stuff. But it's in moderation, right? Like, a heavy drinking is going to screw up your life. You're going to go through... You're going to get depressed. Um, It ultimately makes you depressed. It ultimately makes you feel grumpy. And it ultimately is going to affect your life and career um very much so by doing that smoking same thing like you're gonna it's expensive right and so you're thinking about all these different things that you are in your life like eating too much ice cream right having some ice cream is great it's awesome i love eating ice cream but you don't want to eat too much because then you turn into a big ice cream cone right like you need to sort of think about these kind of things where you're trip balancing and trading off. What, um, you know, what gives you pleasure today for um, you want to, like, look at what's giving you pleasure today, immediate pleasure, and look at, okay, wait a minute. Is this going to hurt me in the long run by having this immediate pleasure, right? Like, um, having too much sex feels great today, it does, it feels good But then you're going to be lazy and doing nothing um, You know, for the rest of the, the, the rest of your life If that's all you do all the time, right? Like, you can't get anything done So you need to think about Okay, i got to, like, moderate these kind of things Have some enjoyment every once in a while Right? Like, live a, a healthy, well-adjusted life And then um, By pulling back on some of these things You can allocate your resources Do other things Right Like um, like you know last night, right? like last night, I went to bed early because I had to get up early and yeah, I'm moderating, okay, I can't stay up and watch TV and, and you know have some of the things I would love to do. I wanted to put posts and some things on YouTube, but like I couldn't do it. So it was like, because I got to get up early. So I'm moderating that, pulling back some of this fun some of this benefit today so that I can get something tomorrow, right? I had to get up early. It's now it's 7.50. I've been driving since uh, we got up at at 4.30 in the morning, 4.40 in the morning. Um, So that's what you're thinking about is what is it in your life that you can make stable? What is it that you can really be boring Right? There's all of this coming together. You can see it all kind of, kind of comes together. What can you make boring in your life? Consistent um, that you were going to do okay? And then what, what can you sort of trade off today? Some benefit where you're okay with trading that off for to get some benefit in the future so you can invest in different things in the future. Right? So, um... Trading off my relaxing trip of listening to podcasts and everybody else doing things to, to talk about this with you today—that is a real active trade-off. My my throat is sore. I've been talking for a long time. Um, it's a trade-off at this moment where I'm like, okay, I want because I I want you to benefit because I think maybe maybe and if you listen to this and it catches somebody in the right right way, they listen to it over the next year. Um, they pay attention to it, and they're like, wait a minute, that makes sense. And then, you know, they, they apply some of these things in their con um, in their life. Then, in 20 years, they're like, well, crap, my life is pretty good now because of this. I might reach out to that that Professor Maslach guy and, and say thank you, or, you know, help out with the reciprocity project or whatever, right? Like, I don't know how this stuff works. I don't know how this is all going to come back, but... It kind of does, not in the karma sense, right? Like, but it comes back, it's like, wait a minute, that that really changed my life, that really stuck with me, and um, I might actually try to reach out to this person and maybe try to help them out in different ways. And now, it's not everybody that's going to do this, so that's the tricky part, right? Like, that's where everybody realizes. You don't realize it's it's a fraction, Right. So there's probably this video or this, this podcast might get listened to a thousand times between now and a hundred years from now, but only one person might get touched enough that they reach out and actually do something. Um, and and that's, that's the name of the game. Right. That's ultimately that's the name of the game. Um, and if they don't, whatever. I mean, I just put out some goodwill and, and everybody's happy dappy. Right. That's a good thing. Um, so, what I want to come back to is realizing you're really always trading off, um, what you can, what you can sort of take away today, some, some fun and games to give benefit tomorrow so that you are living a happy and healthy life. And the goal is not to, you don't want to go to the extreme where you're taking off too much, right? And that's why I say 15% is good, pretty good amount, right? Um... Whatever that amount is, that's whatever is good for you, that's good for you, but 15% is a good amount. Um, And so you don't wanna, if you siphon off too much, if you're taking away too much of whatever resources that you have allocated to you, it sucks, right? Like you're living a, a not a great life. So part of me giving away my resources, my resources is my knowledge. It's also my time, right? I give a lot I probably give about 15%, 20% of my time And my knowledge right now Away for free on the internet On the Reciprocity Project Um, So everybody can sort of You know, listen to it And and gain something from it And now whether you want to give back In different ways And allocate your resources in different ways That's completely up to you 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 can go work at a soup kitchen And do those kind of things and enjoy it And the reason is you're just doing it because you don't know whether it's going to come back at you at some point. Um, And you might, you know, benefit from that. And it's also kind of enjoyable, right? Um, Part of the problem that I really had many times was um, I I really struggled with, with... you know, loneliness and things like that. And so by keeping active and doing these kind of things, I do not have time to be lonely. I am so busy all the time now. So I don't even have time to ever be lonely and be like, I can't, you know, do these kind of, I feel bad. So it's just like balancing all these things. And that's where I'm saying, you have a certain amount of resources at your fingertips. And those resources, some of them deplete over time, like your time, um, that that disappears and some of them get get bigger, right? Like, uh, hopefully if you listen to this and invest in index funds and, and you know, growth mutual funds up 15% or whatever you make going forward, then it'll make you a lot of money. Um, and that's where there's an easy financial calculation to figure this out. Super, super easy. Um, it is, you know, to do these things, you just go into a savings calculator on the internet. I know Bankrate has one or whatever and just punch it Um, on average the stock market makes you on index funds now this might change in the future i doubt it really really strongly doubt it makes about 10 per cent per year so if you look at saving 10 percent or saving whatever you make and it accruing 10 per cent per year that adds up Um, even if you're making like fifty thousand dollars a year then it's up to millions of dollars by the time that you are older, by the time it's 30, 40 years from now, right? And so you can start this at any time um, of your life and still do okay, right? And, and, you know, do you need millions of dollars? Probably not, but do you need, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars by the time you want to retire? Yes. Um, You're going to need that. There's a lot of things that are really expensive. So, I just want to summarize now that i've i've done this long talk at this point my throat's getting sore so i need to to, to stop but um i just want to summarize think about managing yourself as if you are a sole proprietor a, a company and think about all the ways that you would want that company to operate if you want crazy town that the the, the you know, building falling apart and, you know, all a bunch of parties all the time that are in the parking lot and, you know, there's all just crazy all over the place and live here, you know, run your company in that sort of way where it's just crazy town. If you um, want a stable, well-adjusted, happy, um, you know, business that's, that's building up, that's growing And then every year consistently it provides benefit for you Then run your sole proprietorship, you, in that sort of way where you're balancing the resources such that you're looking for long-run growth, medium-term growth sometimes, short-run growth, um, and as well as balancing how you feel today where you are... um, you know, you're always trying to be as stable as you possibly can. Stability is is completely underrated. Being stable, being boring, is where you actually get the returns. This is true, actually, there's, there's sort of finance studies that look at this stuff. Um, stable markets, stable businesses, actually do net you benefit in the long run. Now, why is that? Why is stability so good? Why do I say this? that's a really big reason why people actually make money um, is because you do, other people do not want to invest in an asset that, is, that, that could disappear or that they can lose their money in or that return is going to disappear. They want to look they look at somebody that's stable, that's got their crap together and they want to invest in it. They want to give money to it. You're an easy, easy um, investment in that way. So businesses that are stable, that return a certain amount all the time, are an easy investment. Individuals that are stable, that that are, you know, growing and developing and doing wonderful things, they're a crazy easy investment for other people because they know that you're reliable and you're going to show up. Um, It's, trust me, I mean, think about all the times that you have been burnt in your life, it's probably because that person was not stable in their life and you're like, crap, I got burnt from this. And you get burnt a lot as you get older. A lot, a lot, a lot. Um, Stability, being boring, being consistent is the way that you do this. And the way that you do that is thinking about how do you trade off the sort of fun and games and having a great time today for benefit in the future, um, that goes for trading off working too hard today, because you're going to make a bunch of money um, for you know that so so that you can have some you know trading off working all the time and all that kind of stuff, um, so that you can become super successful and all that kind of crap, um, where you are stable so that you don't have a heart attack early on in your life, or you don't get divorced, or your your spouse wants to be by you, or your family wants to be by you. Trading off all of those things, that sort of immediate gratification, that pushing real hard, or having great big parties, and all that kind of stuff, it's all the same game, where you're trading off all of this short-run benefit for more long-run survival so that you're building stability in everybody else around you. You're like glue. That's the way you think about it. I think, I, I don't know if it was on the Wonder Years or something. I think that's what was. I remember the Wonder Years from a long, long time ago. I used to watch that a long time ago. Movie from the 80s. And I think they were talking about how Kevin was the glue that keeps everybody together. And that's what you want to be sort of is the glue where you keep everybody together because you're stable over time and you're constantly thinking about how can I trade off um, immediate benefit for long run benefit that's larger, that's better, um, but it requires some sacrifice today. So that's where I want to leave you at. Thanks so much for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed this long car talk. Um, I enjoy talking to you. I appreciate each and every one of you. All right, take care and have a wonderful day.